What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show on Sherdog.com. And today I am looking ahead to my top five fights for the upcoming month of September. And you know what? There's, 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 do you know what? There's a lot of kind of, uh, Next to top level fights coming up this month, right? There's actually I would I would argue maybe no top top level fight this month, but there's lots of good stuff. Like some months we have you know we have a a blow where huge main events you know John Jones versus Gagne or something like that you know this one we're looking forward to for a long time, and I feel like we don't have that in this month. The the UFC pay per view uh, is. A, uh, you know, somewhat a damn script, although we will be talking about that in a second, and I'll give you my reasons for spoiler alert picking that here. We do have uh, a magnificent rematch, which I will talk about as well, but I, I do think it is uh, a month I think we will look back on and see that there's a lot of a lot of movement maybe towards the top rather than possibly at the top, but we'll get into all of that as we go anyway. Um... So let's start off, and I am going to, funnily enough, start off with that fight I uh, I just mentioned. Now, I was I was going to look at some of the, the the fights, and there's a couple of good fights from the uh, the French card. Now I'm not sure if this video will be out before or after that French card, so that that's why I kind of left it to the side. But uh, UFC Paris, as there as uh, I am calling it, uh, is pretty good, and there's some good stuff on that. But I'm going to look ahead to the September the ninth card first, uh, and Adesanya versus Strickland, and I'm going to talk about Adesanya versus Strickland uh, as my first fight here. Now, anyone who knows me knows I maybe not the, not not the biggest fan of how maybe both of these lads carry themselves. Like, uh, and and I, I, outside of the cage, that's another issue. But inside of the cage, maybe I'm a big admirer of Adesanya's ability and a big believer in Adesanya's ability. But I'm not exactly sure that uh, he uses it to the utmost to bring him to the very top, and. I think if he did, he could be like one of the biggest stars we've ever seen in the history of sport. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. And I just feel like it, he's kind of holding himself back a little bit at times. In a few of his fights now, he's had some great fights, he's got some great finishes and all like that. But it feels like just when he's on a roll, he always kind of, you know, come on, pull yourself back there a bit, Israel. That's all. And from him and from everyone else, it's like on the way up, right? Now, this started negatively, but it'll get positive. Just one more bit of negativity first. For Sean Strickland, you look at it and you really think like, and this is not just me, so if this was just my opinion, I could maybe put it to the side for a second. But I feel like I've heard a lot of people say Sean Strickland doesn't have the quality to fight at this level. You know, middleweight obviously is, is probably, uh, apart from maybe women's 145, uh, the weakest division in the UFC. If you look at the rankings, it's, you know, there's some good fighters there, no doubt about it. But if you look at the lightweight rankings, the bantamweight rankings, and if any of the other rankings nearly, it really does pale in comparison. And it's almost as if Strickland is a symptom of that in a way. So, you put those two things together and you're thinking, well, look, could we have a better title fight here? And no, maybe not. Like, should we have better quality in the middleweight division? Like, should the UFC have gone out and signed the Saldich? Or should they have gone out and signed, uh, tried try to get Eblen or tried to get uh, whoever it might be? You know, maybe not all those lads are, are available to get, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, could, could it be better? Should it be better? Maybe it should, right? Maybe, could we expect better? Maybe we could. But what I do think we have is... 
one thing that will lead to the other, right? And what I mean, what I mean by that is, uh, Adesanya needs a guy who he can make himself look good against. Now, I think he's had that in the past, right? Um, and he's not always done it. The look, the, the biggest case of might I think is the Jared Cannonier fight, and maybe that's a bit of easy fodder there, uh, considering you know people were videoed leaving at the four round and all. But you know, a little bit of a Tory fight as well, not so much you know the, the Whitaker fight. You, you know, we, I'm I'm not be, I'm personally not picking out the losses here because that's not what I'm kind of talking about in this. But if you put him in there against Sean Strickland, now <laughs> this can go two ways because it has gone two ways without Adesanya in the past. If he spends five rounds kind of jabbing up Sean Strickland and Strickland just can't land and it turns into one of them, it could be the worst we've ever seen out of Adesanya. Like, it really could have been. But I just I just don't think he will do that. I, I, I And I, I've thought this before. I, I've I've been caught before with Adesanya, but I feel like, you know, he's over in front of not, not his home country fans, but he's, uh, I suppose he's adopted, adopted home country, or he's, or he's neighbouring home country fans, let's see it. And there will be a lot of his uh, home country New Zealand fans travelling over and not everything like that, but his home area fans, let's, let's just put it that way. I think he'll have the crown behind him without a shadow of a doubt. Um, he will surely want to set the record straight in terms of the criticism he got for the Cannoneer fight. Like he says before, he's going to, you know, he's going to do this, that and that, and he doesn't. And then afterwards he's like saying, well, whatever. And he hears that criticism. He sees it. Like, surely you look at, you're, you're at a center now, right? And he is one of the most intelligent guys around. And he has to look at that middleweight division and think to himself, this middleweight division is there for the taking. I am here to become a superstar, right? And this is the crux of why, you know, this is my top five, my personal top five fights for the month. This is the crux of why it's one of my top five fights for the month, right? It is the massive, big, huge opportunity for Israel Adesanya to go to that next level again, right? And I'll I'll tell you why it is that, okay? Because he beat Pereira and the most no-brainer, Lightweight, uh, sorry, uh, trilogy fight, lightweight trilogy fight ever was there. The most no-brainer trilogy fight. They both had knocked each other out. There was the whole background with the kickboxing and all that, and it was, and then they don't make it, right? They don't make it, and like at that stage, anyone with a brain is probably thinking like, what is going on here? Like I've I've invested into both of these fights. This has to be ended, and you know, and then you know they start talking about weight cutting and everything like that, right? They talk about all that. So fine. As always happens, right, what was that, April, four, five, six months ago, whatever it was. We've kind of, we've half forgotten about that now. Like, I won't forget about it. I know a lot of people here won't forget about it. But when it's Saturday night and the cage closes, we'll, we'll soon forget about it. So Adesanya has, uh, um, he has a possibility to do two things, right, in there. He and, and actually, we'll say three things. He's the possibility to sink the place out, as I mentioned earlier on, and it's going to be a five-round you know, win. I, I don't see him losing. Now, maybe he will lose. Maybe he will lose, right? But I, I feel like Strickland can be a good guy to make him look well, right? So maybe stinks the place out or loses. So actually, a loss might be better for him than stinking the place out. I actually think it would because he'd get the rematch. He'd probably win it. So there we go. And the two other options are this. you In both options, you have to style on him. Like, you have to beat him. You have to beat him well. You have to go in there with the opinion of yourself 
that you are the best middleweight in the world and he is the next guy in line. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, take him lightly. I'm not saying put yourself in any grave danger or anything like that. I'm not saying that. Go out and swing wildly and get into a war. Pick him off, hit him, take advantage of it and destroy him. Like, like just do what Ian Gary did to Neil Magny the last day. I, I actually think it's a pretty comparable matchup that I actually think Magny's a harder matchup for Gary than Strickland is for Adesanya. Like, if you think about that, right? If you think about that, from where bo- all four guys are in their careers, I think that's a hard thing to actually argue with, to be honest. Do that sort of thing. Kick the leg off him. Beat him. Just beat him down, right? And then the next thing, right? There's there's two options then. You do what you have been doing. And this is this is Adesanya's greatest win. And actually, this is a part of why I think he's on superstardom. Because look at the amount of fights he's had in the last few years. Like, 2023, this is going to be second fight. Uh, three fights, 2022, uh, two fights, 2021, obviously the pandemic, and he still had two fights, uh, three fights, uh, 2019, f- what is it, four fights, 2018, when he comes into the UFC. He said so many fights. It's very rare you see a guy even have, you know, the ability to have two fights even at the very top level. It's very hard. And that's a credit to him. That's why he. That's why I talk about him so highly as well as his ability. He's on, he fights so often and he. it's all he does is fighting and everything like that, right? So if he wins this, do that. Fight and fight and fight and fight and destroy this whole middleweight division. Go through lads twice, go through everything, right? And that can make you the next superstar, right? I feel like you look at Izzy, right? He's a star, without a shadow of a doubt. But you look at O'Malley, and that was a superstar making performance the last day, right? A superstar making performance. I don't think Adesanya has a dance partner apart from uh, Alex Tree which may now even have passed, but we'll get back to it in a second, which actually can make him a superstar like that. I, I, uh, Unless it's a Shemaev maybe down the line, or but, but that could be the next part of it, right? So what you do is just beat the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. That's what he's great at, and he's on the cusp of doing that, right? But also, there are another few options. So the, the part two is that, what I just alluded to, the star making. It could be Shemaev or someone else. You never know who who comes out at middleweight, who becomes the guy. It could be a rematch with Strickland if Strickland was to win. That, right? Next, or else the trilogy with Pereira. Let's say Pereira wins a light heavyweight, wins the title if he's fighting for one, and he goes up and he fights him and he becomes the double champ and all that. That's on your cusp, right? So here, here we go. And we'll, I'll move on after this, right? But for me, this last eight, nine minutes, whatever I've been talking about here, it all leads to Adesanya taking that next step. And maybe people are sitting here, as I, as I alluded to a second ago, and they're thinking, Shani, what are you talking about? This guy's already a star. He has his, his Puma deal or whatever it is already. He's earning loads of money. He's headlining all these cards. He's a, one of the biggest, you know, he's a good draw and everything like that. Yes, right? Yes. But he could be the next Jones GSP, Cyborg, whoever it might be. Not necessarily McGregor, okay? No one's going to get to that level. But he could become second. He could get Habib levels, maybe. He could he could do that sort of thing in terms of draw. I'm not talking about fighting ability or anything like that. But in terms of superstardom, right? I think he's on the cusp of that. I really do think he's on the cusp of that. And this is the next step to get to a couple of bigger steps which are on the way. And you have to do it here. And that's why I'm looking forward to it. If you stumble at this step, and I'll say it again, I think stumbling to a, a meh 50-45 win is is the worst thing you can do here. The worst thing you can do here when you're at that level. 
you cannot fumble. And I know people use our fumble the bag thing, but you cannot fumble it at this stage. You have to take it. You have to take that opportunity and go to the next level if you're Israel Adesanya. And that, to me, is why this fight is huge and why I'm looking forward to it. All right, next fight up. And this is a very different fight, but God almighty, it's just as meaningful. September the 16th, the main event um, at the T-Mobile Arena, Alex... Uh, Alexa Grasso and Alex, I've played there on the bed. Alexa Grasso against Valentina Shashinko for the second time. Uh, what what a massive massive fight this is! Like I remember, I did a, um, a I didn't like my top five fights for the year ahead, not last year but the year before, right? And uh, I think my number one fight that time was. Um, Pena versus Nunes. Now, thinking back, people are thinking, oh, well, you know, what are you talking about? Okay, Nunes was always going to beat her and everything like that, right? But was she? Like, was she always going to beat her? Now, we could say afterwards, yeah, she was, but I love that bit of intrigue. That That's one of my favourite things in Mixed Martial Arts. Actually, I, I came up with a theory the other day, right? And I, I actually haven't looked it up or anything, but, like, if you think about rematches, you think about trilogies in the UFC... How many times has someone, like the first person beaten, either say won the second one when they rematch, or won the second and third? Let's say an example I I would thought of, and I couldn't think of another one, but I'm sure there is. There's probably a few of them out there. Um, was Stipe versus Cormier? So obviously Cormier won the first, and then Stipe won the next two. Now look, sometimes it might happen where, you know, let let's say um um. Uh, Edwards and Edwards and uh, Usman is a good example of this, isn't it? Because uh, Usman won the first one, yeah, and then Edwards won the next two. But that's a bit different because there's you know there's like four or five years in between them, whatever. Close ones, all ones together. Like it, I, I think it very rarely happens, right? Because and not saying that's the case for Usman uh, and, and Edwards, but there was a bit of injuries. But like sometimes people can get older, and like BJ Penn when he fought Frankie Edgar a few times apart, t- things can change, right? But the point here is the intrigue of that fallen champion or the, the big favorite or whatever might be having lost to someone and then having to fight him again, I just think is one of the most fascinating things in sports. Because, like, we'll use the Edwards Usman uh, example here again. I remember I was on John Anik's show and I was speaking to him about it. We'll just use the, the second and third fight here for an example for a second. Um, and I'm, I'm now like, did they fight the first time? They did, didn't they? Um, so between the big knockout, the not from the clot he wasn't caught, to uh, the second fight, the chat around that I found very interesting and very illuminating to like future coverage, like what, what we're doing here. And the chat around then was like, how much of an improvement will Edwards have made for the first from the first fight? And I think the answer to that was a lot, right? Uh and we'll say the first fight in this duo of fights. Look at Grasso here. How much of an improvement will that have made her? You know, it was I think it was Teddy Atlas was saying John Anik was 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 uh, quoting Teddy Atlas when he said, "What was it? Thirty percent people improve after they become champion." Which now I'm not I'm not too sure. It depends. It, obviously, it's going to depend, right? But then uh, the other side of it, then what is the reaction of the champion going to be? Whether it was Usman in that situation or Shevchenko here. 
Is it the case of, oh, well, you know, they're finished. This was the end of their career. They're not the same as they used to be. They've had a lot of fights and everything like that. Is it a blip? You know, you could say, well, maybe Nunes and Pena, was that a blip? You know, and they come back and they just kind of, you know, take their belt back in the second fight. Is it something like that? Does the person have their number, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Pena, whether it's Grasso, whoever it might be? Does that person have their number? There are many different integers. And the biggest integer I like to think about is like the mental aspect of it. Because I always felt like Valentina Shashinko was someone who kind of was so mentally tough. She just kind of showed up, had so much preparation done that she didn't even need to think about that. It was just set. And then she could go out and have her unbelievable game plan, put it in practice and win the fight. That's how I think of Antina Shevchenko. But now you think of Shevchenko and you're thinking, ooh, what's the mindset going to be like coming in here? You know, look what happened in the last one. It was, you know, when it's, when it's a four-round face crank as well. It's like, oh, did the cardio go? Were you prepared enough? Is that cardio going to go again? All of this sort of thing, right? All of this sort of thing. And even if that's not necessarily the case, that could be the mindset. And that to me, I just, I find that one of the most fascinating things because us as, as lay people here, I suppose, um, watching these fights from home, I, I always find it very hard. Like, oh, how am I going to predict, you know, what someone, someone could be carrying injury. Someone could have improved a lot. Someone could have learned how to leg kick in the last guy. We, we just don't know those things, those intangibles uh, to the people who are not in the gym. I hate the word intangibles, but we don't know any of those things. But the speculation about those things is 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 you know it's part of what we do right but the there's no speculation almost in this sort of case because we know there's a hump to overcome and that hump was just losing that's a mental hump physical hump tactical hump technical hump all to overcome and we know that and that is so fascinating that like that's almost what sport is all about you know you've been trying and trying and trying and trying and finally you know you do it or you've been winning and winning and winning and winning and then finally you lose that oh that is that's crazy like that's crazy to be able to prepare for that to 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 change or not change or what like what do you do i i just find all of that so unbelievably um so unbelievably intriguing, and I, I can't wait for this fight. Like the and the thing about this as well is we could get loads of answers to this coming up. We could I look I could drop on a jump on a conference call and ask Shevchenko some of them questions, and we get answers. And like the answers would probably be pretty pretty cookie cutter. Let's be honest. But the proof is in the pudding, or the, maybe maybe for this case the proof is in the cookies. Uh, and the winning of the fight will know. The winner of the fight will know. Can't wait for it. Cannot wait for it. Right. Let's get to the next one. Um, and I'm going to... So those two from the UFC, and I'm going to go with three different organizations now for the next three. But there's some really good fights coming up. The first one, September 23rd here in Ireland, is Johnny Eblen versus uh, Fabian Edwards. And you, you think the, Fabian Edwards, maybe people don't watch a lot of Belter. That is the brother of Leon Edwards, Right. And that is another big part of this, and it's part of why I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, look, I'm going to be at this fight and all, and it's, uh, I, I, I think it's uh, it's one I'm looking forward to. It's one of the most high-level fights I think I'll probably ever be attending in Ireland and all of that. So it's, it's brilliant for me, and this, as I said, this is my list, and I, I like it that way. Um, 
But I also think it's a very intriguing fight. Just first of all, on the, on the Edwards thing. I think this could be... I talked there about Adesanya and the, I suppose the move to superstardom. No, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case for Fabian Edwards or Leon Edwards. But I think maybe more stardom could be a thing that is achieved, right? So let's say Fabian wins this. Let's say Leon was to uh, to be Colby in his upcoming fight, if that is happening, hopefully it'll be announced or whoever he's fighting. Um, maybe there's like the part of this, like, are these lads the best siblings to ever fight in MMA? You know, we've seen a lot recently with the, the coverage of the BBC and different things in the UK, pushing a lot of MMA in different places. Could this be a thing that moves them up and makes them bigger stars in the UK? Um... What, look with Bellator they have put a lot of cards in the UK I know this one is in Ireland obviously not in the UK but like could they do a big card with Fabian on the top of it maybe in Birmingham or something like that we've seen Leon in big cards in the UK like I, I think it's a massive opportunity for them to obviously uh, you know run the UK to be the leading guys in the UK um and it's been that case for a long time that they have been kind of the guys pushing that so that's a big part of this story is all right and the fight itself, I think it's an intriguing fight. Like, to me, uh, we just talked about Adesanya. Like, I think I'd pick Johnny Eblen to beat Adesanya in a fight, honestly. I, I think he is uh, a ferocious wrestler, uh, the likes of which doesn't really exist in the UFC's middleweight division. Um, I don't think he's as good a striker as Adesanya, or Fabian for that matter, uh, who is a very good striker. Actually, Fabian versus Adesanya would be a very good fight as well. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um but he, he's a competent striker, an improving striker. I, I would say a guy who's maybe underrated as a striker as well, because sometimes you go back and watch his game and the guy, he's just resting, the guy takes him down, okay, we know what's coming. And you forget there is large swathes of his fights. Obviously, I'll be previewing this fight in, uh, in totality uh, before the event. But there are large parts of his fights where he does stand up. Uh, and fight now maybe not necessarily in this fight we'll see with that but a very well-rounded a very very good guy and for Bellator right whatever the future holds we'll that's an argument for another day or discussion for another day but they have a real case right now that they have the best fighters in a lot of divisions like could you argue argue Usman Nurmagomedov is the best lightweight in the world I think you could like okay not maybe not necessarily Patricio at the moment. Maybe you could argue AJ McKee is the best featherweight or the best lightweight. You know he's right up there. He's really, really, really good. Nimkov, I think he is the best light heavyweight, and I think Eblen is the best middleweight as well. Right. So this is, I suppose, an opportunity for him to show that, um, and an opportunity for Bellator to showcase the talent and the ability that they have. I suppose atop this division now. I am intrigued by it for two reasons. Because I think it's going to be a real battle for, uh, look, placement, if we're being honest. And it's going to be an old school. I won't give you a whole breakdown because obviously I will be doing that in the breakdown. But it's going to be the striker versus grappler matchup. The striker can grapple, the grappler can strike. Um, And that's going to be fascinating too. I think if you're Johnny Eblen... And you have this opportunity as well, similar to Adesanya now, and maybe not similar in a superstar type of way, but this is Bellator's biggest card of the year. It always is. Like, uh, uh, Bellator 300 is a better card, no doubt about it. No shadow of a doubt about it. 
but this is the biggest card year. Every time they every time they come to Ireland, it matters more and means more. It's their biggest card. And if you can look what Amosov did the last time, like Amosov has gone up and up and up in people's hearts and minds and everything after that. If Evelyn can do a similar sort of thing, as for Fabian, if he can do that, star making. Absolutely star making. So that is a massive one. All right. Uh, let's move on. Um, and the next fight I want to talk about, and there's a couple, actually, the last two fights, there's, and I'm kind of going to cheat in the last one, but the, the f- uh, penultimate fight is Stamp against Soyham, 114 and September 29th. Uh, I, I really love this fight. I really love this fight. As I said, I'll have a, a full breakdown of this as well, but, um, Soyham, at 36 years of age now, 34 fights into her career after doing it all, all over everywhere. Like she was in the UFC, she was in Risen, obviously now she's in one championship. She was in deep back in the day, jewels back in the day, you know, oh, absolutely. I'm looking at her record here, Sherlock, what's it called? Smack girl in 2007. Like she's been fighting since 2007. You know, she she fought a uh, Megumi Fuji back in two thousand and eight. One of the one of the goats. I'm sure everyone here in Shardog fondly remembers her. You know, she's been around for such a long time, and the run she has been on since two thousand and sixteen. She lost a couple of fights in the UFC in two thousand and sixteen, and then she's won what? Let me just look here: three, six, nine fights in a row, going for her tenth fight in a row. And the people she has beaten have been like. Uh, Izuki Hirata Now I thought that was a, a relatively close fight That one But still Hirata's very good Beat Denise uh, Zamboanga A couple of times as well And you know Just loads of wins Over the last while right And she is I suppose Someone who I know Like she was on that One X card as well Like the biggest card That, that one championship I've ever done I know she's someone That one championship signed And they expected her To be very good But I'm not sure They expected her To be this good You know And she absolutely is the other side of it then is Stamp, who's 25 years of age, 12 fights into her career. You know, she's uh, she's only lost a couple of times. One of them was uh, a submission against the opponent she beat last time, the, the very next time out. And the other one was Angela Lee, who, you know, is a superstar for, uh, for, uh, for one championship and, and has been for a good few years. But there's no doubt about it Stamp is the next superstar No doubt about it at all And you know She has won some really good fights She's looked really good Her her penultimate fight again not Maybe not the best But then she came out last time out um, Absolutely destroyed Elise Anderson Beautiful body kick And you know the walkout The, the show and all of that And the reason I'm I'm Looking forward to this one Is that Right The title fight as well The strawweight title Is on the line And if one can get Stamp as the champion, there is something special there. You know, we all we always say it, right? If if you're, uh, you know, if you see Rogue Rogue was fighting, you want to tune in for that. And it was Nick Newell back in the day, uh, you wanted to see him fighting. If jo- Justin Gaethje back in World Series of Fighting back in the day, you wanted to see those people fighting. And I think Stamp can become one of those people. Right, I really do. So this is a massive, and maybe you know, this is like top five for the month star making edition or something like that. Because I really do think she is in that position. I with one championship after signing a new deal as well to go on uh, Amazon for um, another uh, another while and and do more and more cards all the time. She is someone who I think they will want to have in that position and want four and center. So she can win. 
it's going to be absolutely massive for a one championship. And that card as well. John Lineker versus Stephen Lawman. What a fight that is. I, I almost picked that one, but we'll talk more about that in my preview when it comes up. Right. I'm kind of cheating for the next fight, right? I'm kind of cheating for the fifth fight. So I'm picking a fight from PFL Europe. Um, But... And look, the final, this is the fight I'm going for because I think this is the best fight. I think it's Franz Malamba versus Francesco Nuzzi right now. Maybe you call me biased, there's an Irish guy in there. But if you look at the amount of quality there and you look at who's in their prime on this, I actually think it's very hard to argue that this isn't the best fight in the card. Like you have um, maybe the Lazy King and his fight, but I think he is kind of, you know, I think he's going to be a big favor in that. Maybe you could argue that one. But I think all the other ones, they're all up and comers. And that's the beauty of this card, right? So, I, I, I'm picking that as my, my fight to watch, but this is, you can have your UFCs, right? You can have your, your big pay-per-views in the UFC and your big Bellator Dublin cards and all of that, right? But I am so interested in this from PFL. And I'll tell you why, right? I, I've been, everyone knows, I, I've covered a lot of cage warriors over the last few years, and I am a big fan of what they do. And every time you turn up and you watch a Cage Warriors card, and they actually have a couple of very good cards, they actually have 160 coming up this month as well. And this is comparable. So I'm almost picking the two of them here. Like, they have Harilla versus Hinden on that. Luke Riley's back on that card. It's some really good stuff. But it feels like we have a second one of them in Europe now with PFL Europe. Now, they aren't doing as many cards. I think, what's this, the, the four card and everything like that, and hopefully that goes up and up and up. But the level of up-and-coming talent on this card is absolutely insane, right? And as I said, I, I, I will also have a breakdown of this, so you'll have lots of breakdowns this month. But just a couple of names, like Cedric Doombe, I think a lot of people, you know, probably know him even better than me. I need to get more acquainted with him, but, you know, the glory champion and all of that. 4 and on MMA, really exciting, lazy king. I think another one of these people, like, oh, that name, that nickname, you know, you see Grabaka Hitman tweeting about him. He is a guy, you know, people are getting excited about. Simeon Powell, like, there's no doubt about it. Is he the best light heavyweight uh, prospect in the world? I, I, it's hard, hard to argue against that, isn't it? Dakota Decheva, is there a better female prospect in the whole of the world? Not, never mind it, just the flyweight, right? In the whole world. And just that, like, that alone, those few names I mentioned there, that's excitement enough to come into that. Then a bit of bias for me, but not even bias for me because, like, I think people love tuning in to see the Irish fighters. The fight I picked, Franz Malamba versus Francesco Nuzzi. Like, Nuzzi, I, I looked up my, my notes at him the other day. Someone asked me on my, uh, my Q&A, and my notes were like, he's fast, exciting, throws these big punches, throws these big kicks, knock on her. Look at Franz Malamba then, one of the best boxers uh, in the bantamweight division. Such a f- flowy, hard-hitting fighter. Very technically good. That's going to be an absolute war of a fight. You know, you have Dylan Chuk, who had a, an unbelievable win the last day. Like, the performance from Dylan Chuk was amazing. John Mitchell, another Irish guy coming through from Cork, fighting a very good guy in Chivas coming through. You've uh, Ali Taleb, who I think, in my watching so far of the PFL, uh, PFL Europe, I think he is the standout for me. This guy looks amazing. And he's fighting a 10-1 guy, Kurshed Kakarov, who also looks very, very good. Speaking of Irish, Valentina uh, uh, Skatizi, the sister of Danielle Skatizi, who's fought in Bellator a good few times, she's fighting on this as well. 
Uh, and she's a top prospect. Danny uh, McCormick, who's the Invicta champion, waxes lyrical about her. And Chanel Dyer as well, uh, who's 2-0. and oh, she is, uh, She's debuting here for PFL Europe. She actually fought Shauna Bannon, uh, who's in the UFC, um, as an amateur. And that was a, they, they put on a very, very good fight. And she's fought some very good people as an amateur as well. And Sinead Newland, who's an Irish fighter as well, and fought you know everyone, I suppose, as an amateur. And has lots of amateur fights. Made her debut earlier this year and fought, I think she fought twice in the space of two weeks and got two finishes. So that card, that card really, that is... That's a card you're going to look back on in five years' time and you're going to see three world champions from it, four world champions from it. Genuinely, I think that's, that card is one of the best um, prospect cards I've ever seen. Like, ever seen. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, that is it. Those are my five fights for the month. I've, I think I've, I've given PFL the biggest push there, but they deserve it. That's a, an unbelievable card, and I can't wait for that, as I cannot wait for the rest of those fights this month. All right, I'll leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com, and I'll see you all next time.